So you are probably familiar with eHarmony.com, right? You go online. I mean, you guys probably haven't because you're high school. You go online. You fill out a questionnaire of things that you like, things that you do, your job, information about you, and then it lines you up with other men or women that have the same interest, that are, that are compatible. So in our culture today, compatibility is huge. You don't want to marry somebody that you aren't compatible with because that means you're going to fight all the time, you're going to bicker all the time, you're just going to have a bad relationship. We choose who we marry, and that's good, right? Yeah, actually, there's a, there's a guy in my, my class at Grace. He is from Nepal originally, and this last Monday night, he told us, he said, uh, in some of the, the villages around Nepal, he said the boys would just be out working in the fields, and then they'll come home, and their parents will be standing there with a girl next to them and be like, this is your wife. Love her, meet her, and give us grandkids so we can keep the family going. It's like, oh, hey, <laughs> thank you. We don't get to choose our family. We get to choose who we marry, but we don't get to choose our, our parents, our step-parents, even our siblings. You guys don't get to go into eHarmony and be like, oh, I think I want a brother today. Okay, I'm going to, hold on, hold on. Okay, this one's a, a redhead, Ginger's. They're cute. I'll get him. Oh, he likes sports. Okay, he's got, he's got good grades. He's got good integrity. He won't set the house on fire. Yeah, I'll take him. That doesn't work. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet if that worked, but it, that's not the way it works. So this past couple of weeks, we've been, we've been talking about how you can keep your relationship with your parents, with your step-parents. You fight for that. This week, I'm going to focus on something a little different. That's your siblings, your step-siblings, your half-siblings. We could talk about parents more and more and more, but... Siblings is just as challenging an aspect as your parents. So maybe you guys, maybe you currently live in a traditional family with just brothers and sisters. Maybe you have half-siblings that you live with. Maybe you have cousins you live with. I don't know your situation, but one thing I do know is that you probably struggle a lot with conflict or tension. Maybe some of you less than others. But the bottom line is, is that there is Conflict with siblings. You guys fight. How do you fight to keep the peace? Sometimes you guys might think that it would be a whole lot easier if you, if you just, oh, I get so angry and poof, they're gone. They disappear. You guys, I don't need them in my life, so poof, they're gone. There's two different types of siblings. There's friends and there's foes. Friends are the siblings that you have occasional fights with. Sometimes you might um, get in a little bit of argument, but they're your friend. They, you, you go to them. Friends with siblings normally don't come until um, one of the siblings moves out. So like me with my oldest sister, Rachel, um, we were close. We, we never really fought that much, but when she moved out, when she came to Omaha for college and she got married, then she became like my best friend. I go to her first for most things in my life. It was never like that at home. And then there's foes. Not foos, but foes. My, my brother's a foo. No, he's a foe. Regardless of what you think you're supposed to feel about them, right now you consider them an enemy. Maybe you consider your, your friend or your, excuse me, your brother or your sister an enemy. For your only children out there, um, some of you guys might be like, whoa, darn, how is this talking to relate to me? Well, only childs, generally they, they get friendships with, with friends or cousins so close that it's like the brother or sister. So if you're an only child, maybe you have a friend that's like that, that, that is so close to you, that's like a brother or sister that you never had. 
or a cousin that's so close to you that you still fight with a lot. So the closer you get to someone, the more likely you are to have conflict. That's your first point on your, on your notes, if you're keeping notes. It's a truth in life. It's a truth in life. With your parents, with your relationships, with your siblings, the closer you are to someone, the more likely you are to have conflict. And what's that conflict look like? Well, it might, it might present its way itself in a lot of different ways. There's three different ways we're going to talk about. Number one, when we're annoyed, we want control. When we're annoyed, we want control. Your little sister or little stepbrother, they won't stop talking. So finally, you're just like, shut up. Like, man, leave me alone. So you, you threaten them or something. You say, if you don't, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to go and I'm going to give you a swirly. You better leave me alone. Now, that might be a little extreme. I hope you don't have actually done that. I've actually given two swirlies before. But they're at a middle school camp and kids are misbehaving. Whole other story. Um, fun stories, but, but I won't say them. So you, th- you lock them out of your room, you threaten them, um, you want to control the situation. Number two, when we're hurt, we want payback. Our natural human instinct is to get defensive when, when things attack you. Normally you don't just, I mean, sometimes you just run. But most of us get defensive. We want payback. We want revenge. We want them to know what they did to us. So maybe your older brother is terrible to you. Maybe he's being mean to you, so you go into his room, you get his Xbox out, and you delete some of the games he's been playing. Maybe your little sister really just torqued you off last week, and so you go into her room, and you, you take out her diary, and you, you hold it overhead and threaten to tell that crush that's in that diary that, I'm going to tell him if you, don't, if you don't shape up. If you don't give me what I want, I'm going to tell him. Thirdly, when we're overwhelmed, we want isolation. When we are overwhelmed, we want isolation. So what's that mean? When maybe your siblings are giving, there's just too much noise, too much drama, too much tension, just overwhelming you, what do you do? Well, that's kind of when you run. You just isolate. You give them a cold shoulder. You lock yourself in your room. You don't talk to them. You don't try to engage your siblings in any way. Some of you might even think that if you have, if you have siblings, like step-siblings, you're like, well, they're just a step-sibling. I don't, why should I care anyway? What's it matter if I'm all right with them? But here's my question for you. How is that plan working out for you? You are any of these three things or others. How's that working out? Is it good? Probably not. Is it really helping you cope with your siblings? Giving them the cold shoulder, controlling them? Payback? Or is it possible there's a better way to engage them? Is it possible that there's a better way to talk to them, to relate to them? And while this might not be in the, in the front of your mind or in the, in the top of your heart, the bottom of your heart, do you think that there's anything inside of you that, that wants to be their friend? Do you guys ever get that? Like, you fight with your friend or your sibling, you're like, you just long for them. Like, I, I want to be close to you, but I just can't. Because they do too many things to you or you do too many things to them. They're still your family. It doesn't matter how you feel. They're still family. So as is the case with a lot of things, of course, Jesus has something to say to us about this, right, from the Bible. So, if you guys would, please turn to Matthew chapter 5. So this is your main passage of the night, Matthew 5, 43 to 45. You can write that in the top of your notes. So 
Jesus says this. He's talking to a crowd of people. He says, you have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. We have heard it was said that way. So imagine the people sitting down there. They're like, probably non-believers. And they, they hear Jesus say, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. They're like, huh, that's simple enough. Yeah, amen. Preach it, brother. They're happy. They're like, man, this, guy is, this guy's going somewhere. He must be the Messiah. He's saying just what I want to hear, right? Okay, well, what's he say next? Verses 44 and 45. He said, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. See, people are sitting there like, yes, yeah. Whoa, whoa, back up. What? I have to pray for those who persecute me? I have to love my enemies? He, he's telling me to, to pray and love them? Like what? Where's that come from? He says that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So they're, they're on board, and then Jesus just drops this line, this bomb on them. Like, you're supposed to love your enemies and pray for them. How many, how many people do you think got up and just left? Quite a few. I would, I would guess quite a few, actually. Some of you guys might be thinking, like, man, I don't even pray for my friends. Am I supposed to pray for my crazy siblings? My little brother that's got ADD and won't stop moving and sugar rush all the time? It's like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to. Now, there's no promise of happiness. There's no promise of, of things working out in the end. There's no promise of your siblings changing and becoming your best friends if you pray and you love them. There's no promise of that. The payoff is simply this, that you will be more like your Father in heaven. You'll be obedient to God. Some of you, that might motivate you. Some of you, that might not. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But that's just a simple payoff. This might sound extreme, but I think it's very true. The next point in your, your notes. If you want to be more like Jesus, start by showing acceptance to your siblings. If you want to be more like Jesus... Start by showing acceptance. To who? To your siblings, to your enemies. Anybody that's an enemy in your life. For you only children. Maybe that's a friend. Maybe that's a cousin. I don't know. Maybe it's a relationship. Be the fighter. Fight for acceptance. That, that's the whole theme we have, the fighter. What, is, what does fighter mean? What does it mean to fight? It means to be a warrior, to be a soldier, to get the job done, to go until the end. Whatever the end is, for you personally, I don't know. But be the fighter. Start by loving the people who bother you, who harass you, who ignore you the most, who argue with you the most. And it's tough. Trust me, I know. My, uh, my little sister, I think the next slide might be a picture of my family. Um, there's my family. Awesome family. God has blessed me with an amazing, amazing family. The cute little blonde down on the left, not my brother, he's pretty cute too, but down on the left, her name is Jessica. She's my little sister. She's a senior in high school. Her and I, growing up, did not get along at all. I don't know how my parents did it with us two, but we were nasty to each other. We would, we would hit each other. We would fight all the time. We would purposefully go out of our way to annoy each other. I remember I, I would scream to her, I hate you, and I would mean it with all my heart. I hated my little sister, and it was wrong of me. And she would scream the same thing back to me. Her and I, I got along with, with Rachel and Gabe, Really well. I mean, I followed them sometimes, but it wasn't bad. But Jessica and I, we just, we never clicked. So we fought constantly. 
And then one time my dad finally just sat me down. He's like, Ben, do you know what you're doing to your sister? She's younger than you. You're supposed to protect her. You're supposed to be that older brother for her, and you're not being that. Then he gave me the example of how um, he also has a younger sister, so my aunt. He said he treated her the same way. They fought all the time. They were mean to each other all the time. And he said it still bothers him. Sometimes it still bothers their relationship. And they're both 45 years old and older. He said that's his biggest regret from his child is the way he treated his younger sister. And he sat me down and told me that stuff. And he was like, man, you're right. So I went off to college. And guys, when I, when I say we fought, I don't mean like be, because we were 6 years old and 10 years old and 12 years old. I'm talking middle school, high school, even part of my freshman year of college. It was, it was bad. We fought all the time. Finally, um, grace kind of started getting to me. I, let, I started letting God work in my life. And this is one of the things I was convicted about, was, was the way I treated my little sister. And so one time, I still remember it. I'm going to get emotional here now, and I never cry, but I'm probably going to. Oh, boy. Um, I remember when we were driving. We were driving just outside of Lamar's. I think we were just coming back from Omaha, actually. Um, she came up to visit Rachel and Jordan, her husband. Um, and we are driving, and she told me about how, how she was singing well. And she's an amazing singer. Jessica's got an incredible voice. Um, I didn't get any of that, Jean. But she had an incredible voice. She's got an amazing acting skill. Um, she's good at band and stuff. She doesn't really do band anymore, but she's really good at singing. And, and she kept telling me about show choir, about choir, and all these things she's involved in. And I just looked at her, and <laughs> I just said, Jessica, I'm proud of you, and I love you. Here they come. <laughs> I, that's the first time I've ever told her that. If you saw the look on her face, it's just like, Ben, hello. Are you, are you Ben? I was like, yeah, Jessica, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I love you. And from that day on, guys, I'm serious. Her and I's relationship is awesome. I love her. I protect her whenever I can. We have fun to each other. We have fun with each other. I used to scare her all the time when I was a kid just to make her mad, and she would hate, hate, hit me and kick me and get ticked off and go tell mom and dad. Now when I scare her, she's like, oh, Ben. <laughs> she starts hitting me and like, like all this stuff and chases me around the house. I'm like, you can't catch me. No. Um, but our relationship is so much better. Because I finally, I was just finally, I was like, like, God, what am I doing? I let God take control of my relationship with her. And I told her I'm proud of her. I accepted her. Acceptance is powerful. That's the main point for tonight. Acceptance is powerful. Another story. There's a boy named Dave. Man now. But when he was in seventh grade, um, his older brother was a junior in high school and an amazing athlete. Dave, he had cystic fibrosis and polio. So along with being a seventh grader and the, the physical limitations that has, having cystic fibrosis and polio is a whole new ballgame. He had many physical limitations. And his brother, Mike, was an amazing basketball player. And every Saturday, Mike and 24, 25 other high school boys would go down to the park and they'd play basketball. So one day, Dave decides he wants to go down and try. He wants to go down and play with his brother. So he wobbles down there, and just as getting down there, Mike and another kid just made their free throw, so they're the captains now. Mike has first choice. What do you think happens next? He points to his brother and says, I choose Dave. I choose Dave. 
Not because he felt like he had to, but because he loved him. Dave wobbled over his brother and just, he just put his head in his belly and just started crying, just weeping. Because his brother accepted him. His brother loved him. His brother showed care for him. So yeah, acceptance is powerful, guys. You'll never know how powerful it is until you, until you give it to your siblings. So let's go back to what Jesus said. Love your enemies and pray for those that hurt you. That's acceptance. Loving and praying for your siblings. For many of you, that's going to require a difficult first step. Some of you guys might actually need to go to your siblings and just apologize. Like, hey, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. I'm sorry for not letting you hang out with, with me and my friends. I'm sorry for saying this to you in front of my friends. That wasn't right of me. They may not act like your apology is a big deal, but it will be. My sister didn't really act like that was a huge deal that I said I'm proud of her, but it was. She was shocked. You should have seen her face. It's serious. I was just like, she stared at me. And I started tearing up with her a little bit. I was like, I'm proud of you. I love you. They may not act like they care, but you know they do. Your family, they do care, no matter what you say or think. When I told, um, when I told Jessica I was proud of her, it, it tasted like puke coming out. I mean, it was, I seriously, I never told her that. I was like, Jessica, you know, like in the movies, you're like, I'm you. <laughs> Jessica, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Jessica, I'm proud of you. I love you. You're awesome. Yeah, it, it was hard to say, but it's easy for me to say now because I see, I focus on the positive sides of her. Yeah, we fought a lot, but we're good now. I mean, there's so many stories of, of Jessica and I that we laugh about and we make fun of ourselves about now, and it's, it's awesome. Some of you guys might need to um, be on the opposite end of that, not ask for, for uh, forgiveness, but pray in your heart to forgive them. Forgive your brother for, for how he treated you. Forgive your younger sister for saying some things she did or, or getting you in trouble with your parents, whatever that looks like. But by choosing to forgive your siblings for the way they treated you, you're choosing to love your enemies. And that, loving your enemies, I promise you, will bring you closer to God. I promise you that will bring you closer to God, no matter what you think. Some of you guys might not really care, like, well, I don't really care if I'm closer to God. Like, I don't really understand who God is. I don't really know what the gospel is. What's that mean to me? How is is God going to help me with my siblings? Look at it this way. We were enemies of God. We sinned. We disobeyed him. We wronged him in many ways. And yet, what did he do? He sent his son. He died for us. So that we now can have a perfect, perfect relationship with God the Father. So Jesus loved us so much that he died for us. He gave everything for us. He gave more than his half so that we could have a perfect relationship with God. So why shouldn't we do that with our siblings? Why shouldn't we love our siblings the same way and be willing to to protect them? So he died for us. He showed us what to do. And in Matthew 5, he tells us that we need to love those who persecute us. We need to pray for those who persecute us. We need to love and pray for those that are our enemies, who, do, who hurt us, who are not loving towards us. So have you accepted God? I mean, when you accept Christ and you, and you let him overtake your life, every relationship you have, I'm clapping, that means more emphasis, every relationship you have will prosper. With your parents, with your siblings, with your friends, with your co-workers. Have you let God 
take over your life. And some of you guys haven't done that. Talk to your, talk to your leaders tonight. Talk to your friends. Talk to Brad or I. If you guys haven't done that, trust me, it's, it's the most important, most important choice you'll ever make in your life. And it's huge to do that because you cannot fight on your own. You cannot fight for your parents. You cannot fight for your siblings without the help of God. It's impossible. You can try. You can fight a little bit. But nothing's going to happen if you don't have God on your side. And if you aren't showing them the love of Christ. If you show them the love of Christ, things are going to happen. Things are going to start happening. So as you move forward with your siblings, you guys have two things that you can, be, you can think about doing regularly. And these two things will drive you to love them more. Number one, what do you guys think it is? Pray for them. Pray for them. You don't have to do it every day. You don't have to do it every waking moment. But on regular occasions, pray for your siblings. Ask God to help your heart towards them. Ask God to to help them and, and bless their day. Not just your relationship, but just to bless them. Ask God to rescue your relationship with them. Going back to that example with my dad and his aunt. It, it still affects him, not really too much anymore, but like he, he asked her for forgiveness and they talked it out and forgave each other and they have an awesome relationship now and it's, they're pretty fun. They're pretty fun together. Just like my sister, she forgave me for what I did to her. I forgave her for what she did to me. I never did much. I hardly ever hurt her or anything. I mean, it was, it was all Jessica. No, I did a lot. That was the older brother, the mean older brother. But ask God to rescue your relationship with them. It's never too late. Some of you guys might find your identity in your, in your siblings. Um, and you need to find your identity in Christ. And that sibling, that relationship with that sibling will come. Next thing. Second, tell them you love them. Actually tell them you love them. I put actually in there. I added it for extra emphasis because instead, if I just say love them, it might be like, well, yeah, I love them. They're my family. I don't have to show it. It's like, no, you should actually, actually tell them you love them. Maybe some of you guys are like, no, uh-uh. Heck nah, bruh. I ain't doing that. So I just, I, I encourage you guys to do it. Maybe you don't have to specifically tell them, like, make it mushy goosey, be like, oh, I love you so much. Please come back. No, you don't have to do it that way. But you can show it in your own special way. Maybe you can show it by taking them out on, on a sibling date, on a brother-sister date. Take them to Red Mango. Take them and buy them a quarter pounder. I don't know. I don't know what you would do. Take them to the zoo. But try it. It's a big deal. Again, they might not act like it's a special moment, but it will be. You'll show them a lot by doing that. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. I don't have this on the board, so turn there with your Bibles. First John chapter 4, we're going to look at verses um, 10 and 11. So verse 10, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. If you guys don't know what that means, it means the sacrifice, the scapegoat for our sins. Um, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Okay, this is just one example in the Bible. There are 
multiple, multiple, multiple examples in the Bible where it, where it says, since God loved us, we also ought to love others. Matthew 5 is one of them. First John, I mean, basically the whole book of John is saying, love, love, love. It's like the hippie 70 chapter or book of the Bible. Love. If God loved us, we should love others. If God is willing to die for us, send his son to die for us, why can't we show love to our siblings? I mean, those two just, they don't mix. Why, why can't we do that? Why can't we follow God? Why can't we obey God and at least give him that? Okay? So this matters. It matters that you fight for your relationship with your siblings. More than you'll ever know. Because like our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our siblings isn't ever going to go away. What makes it even more unique is that at some point in the future, you'll be equals. You'll both be adults. You'll, you'll both maybe be parents. You'll both be peers. You'll both be looked up to by certain people. And what happens in these years at home, when you're at home and you have this close interaction with them and you have this close personal relationship with them, this is setting the path for the future. My dad still struggles with it 35 years down the road. He still says that's one of his biggest regrets. I still have regret for the way I treated my sister. And I'm only 20. Have no regrets. Leave no regrets in your relationship with your siblings. It'll have a huge effect on the way you guys relate as, as adults. You guys hear stories all the time. Maybe some of your parents struggle with it. That they aren't, they aren't close with their siblings at all. They fought so much as, as students in high school or as students in middle school or as, as children that they just never got fixed. They never fought for each other. They never showed love to each other. So nothing changed. The future of relationship with them and the future for you and your siblings now is worth fighting for. And acceptance is powerful. Get that in your mind. Circle it. Circle it on your nose. It's so powerful. So imagine if one day when you were and your siblings are adults, and you could look back and say, it was through that relationship I learned what, how powerful acceptance was. What if one day down the road you're going to look back and you say, it was through my relationship with my brother. This is for girls, so I'm, I'm being a girl right now. I won't talk on a girl voice. But it was with that relationship with my brother that I know what I'm looking for in a man. I know how a man is supposed to treat me. I know how a man is supposed to love me and care for me and cherish me. Men. Guys, what if you look back 30 years down the road from now and you say it was through my relationship with my sister that I know what I'm looking for in a woman. I know what a godly woman is supposed to look like and I'm supposed to love her. I'm supposed to respect her. I'm supposed to treat her. Do you have that with your siblings? And if not, why not? Is God involved? So be the fighter. It's worth it. Trust me, it's worth it. With my sister, I mean, <laughs> I love that girl to death. I want to protect her. I want to fight for her. And I, I try to. Do you do that with your siblings? Be the fighter. Acceptance is powerful. That's what we want you guys to get from this, this talk, from this series. Fight for your family.